Let's uh, get into the Word of God, but before we, we do that, we'll pray first, okay? Father, once again, we come to you. <clears throat> we thank you for just the privilege of being in your presence here. But I, while we are in your presence, we want to hear you speak to us. Because it is your word that revive, revives us all. So we ask you that you will send your spirit, pour your spirit into our hearts, and touch everything that we are with your truth. While we celebrate this amazing time of the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. Bless your people, Lord, with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. That was, that was a great praise and worship. And uh, like Calvin said, we made it. <laughs> it's been a tough, tough two years. And to be honest, we don't know what's going to happen next. But, uh, you know, we, got, we can always trust the Lord. We have God on our side. It's been a challenging time. And uh, I remember as I was preparing this sermon because it is Christmas after all, and I'm preparing a Christmas sermon, that, you know, looking at the narratives of, of, of the whole, the birth of Jesus, the thing that came to me, the truth that came to me is uh, Romans, it keeps coming back to me. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where it says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Beautiful. All things work together for good. Not just for anybody, but for those who love him. And are called according to his purpose. Of course, he, Paul, Paul continues in that. For whom he called, for whom he knew he also predestined, and whom he predestined, he called to become conformed to the image of his son. And whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So it's like... God foreknew, like, just the whole thing set from eternity past to eternity future is all set by God. We just have to love him. So, uh, the, the, the reason that, that thing, came, you know, that truth came to me because as I was reading this and, and just study the whole uh, narratives of, of the, uh, the birth of Jesus, which is covered in the Gospel of Matthew and uh, and the Gospel of Luke. I thought, wow, this is crazy. Let me, let's just go through this, this, uh, this story of the birth of Jesus. First, I want to uh, just out outline some of the players here in, in the narratives. This is taken from both Gospels, Matthew and Luke, uh, chapter 2, both Matthew chapter 1, verse 25, and chapter 2, and Luke chapter 2. And the players in, in the narrative, they're... There's a wide range of different kinds of people from different socioeconomic backgrounds uh, or social status to make up the narrative here of the birth of Jesus. The first guy is a guy by, by the name Augustus. He's a Caesar, he's the, the Roman emperor. And uh, the next guy down is Herod. He's one of the kings one of those kings under the, the system of Roman Empire, and who was, because Roman Empire, they've got all these different kings under, this, under Caesar. And, uh, and he was in charge over the land of Judah. 
So you got Caesar, who's in charge over the whole empire, and then Herod, and then you got the wise men uh, from the east. Uh, according to the, the Christian tradition, they were they called them the three wise men, even though the Bible doesn't say that three are they are three wise men, and. Uh, I don't know why they drew that, but I, I looked, at, looked at the scripture and it doesn't say three, but could be because the three different gifts, you know, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So maybe they said, okay, it must be three people. And also they've been referred to as the three kings, but, you know, the Bible doesn't say them as three kings. It's just Christian tradition. Possibility is because maybe uh, they looked at Isaiah chapter 60 verse 3 where it says the king the kings shall come to the brightness of your dawn. Maybe that's why. So we've got Caesar, Augustus, Herod, the wise men, and the shepherds. Now the shepherds, you got to understand, so you got this massive guy, Caesar, down to the shepherds who are the lowest of the lowest caste, if you can say, at that time in that society. Remember the story of Joseph when he, you know, like at, at the end of the, of the story, he addressed his brothers, please, don't let the people here, don't let them know that you are shepherds because they don't like shepherds because they despise shepherds, all right? So, now we know the players. Let's look, look at the significant events around the birth of Jesus. It's crazy events. First, the sense, it begins with the census. This is the practice in, in the Roman Empire at the time. And uh, the way I see it, this is where the, the whole scripture in Romans 28, like, wow. The census were ordered by Augustus the Caesar, who knew nothing about Jesus, who doesn't believe in God, and, and he believes in his own God, but he just did his own thing. But what happened is the action of, that action of uh, Augustus forced Mary and Joseph, who were living in Galilee, Nazareth, the city of Nazareth in Galilee, they had to go down to, to, uh, to Judah, to Bethlehem, to register as, uh, because they were descendants of David. So that action actually, and the move of Joseph and Mary into Bethlehem, fulfilled what God prophesied through about uh, prophesied by uh, the prophet called Micah in Micah chapter two, uh, chapter five, verse two, where, where it says, "Oh, you Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you shall come a ruler who will shepherd the people Israel." So, in other words, my conclusion is. God's will will be done through man's action or in spite of man's action. Because it is settled from eternity. I hope that gives you hope. <laughs> All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that word about Jesus be, being a shepherd of his people the ultimate fulfillment you will see when you read the book of Revelation. We've been going through the book of Revelation, right? Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, speaking of Jesus, the Lamb of Judah, the Lamb will shepherd his people. It's an interesting point 
the lamb shepherd the people. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing is this Magi, which is the the uh, the uh, plural form of Magus. They are actually they are from Persia, from Babylon. So the Magi are the are the the priestly tribe in in a Babylon Babylonian uh, community, just like Israel's got. They, they've got. They have Levi, the tribe of Levi, as uh, the priestly tribe. The uh, Persian have Magi as their priestly tribe. So these people came from there. Now, they obviously they saw a sign, and they were. For my, my reading, I thought, gee, these guys are hungry to pursue the sign and to pursue God. While, when I look at the whole thing, while God's, and here they were pursuing God, pursuing these signs, believing that this is from God. And the point that, that I learned is that, that they follow the stars. And to me, it's like the phenomena that they saw wasn't enough, wasn't sufficient for them to come to a conclusion. But they, do you know what they needed? They need the people of God who had the written scripture, the written word of God to confirm what they saw. That's a great balance. It's like, yes, I believe in, in the spiritual phenomena, but we need the truth of the word of God that will confirm what we, what we saw or what we see. So they came to the people of God who had the scripture. And here's, here's, what, here's what, what is interesting. They came to, to Jerusalem and all the scribes came and brought the scripture. And they came to that scripture. Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Concerning Bethlehem. So, so they came. They studied the scripture. And my, what, what, what I learned from here is that it's interesting because they were hungry for, for what God is showing them and pursuing it, while the people who own the scripture missed it up. They missed out on it completely. That sort of rings, sort of reminds me of the sermon that, that I preached a few weeks ago when Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I am certain, and I'm convinced, I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I have entrusted to him. The point I was making is, while the world is so preoccupied with what they believe, Paul said, I know not what, but whom I have believed. And unfortunately, sometimes, even in in Christianity, it's about what they believe, not about what whom they have believed. So this guy went and pursued and they gave the best gift they can, they, they, they can come up with. But they went further. They went and worshipped Jesus. Amazing. So after this guy, the Magi, now we have Herod. Now Herod, he's an Edomite, okay, from Edom. Now, Edomite is a descendant from Esau, which is the brother of Jacob. Okay? Now, he was the king of Judah. 
So they came to, to him, and he, obviously they came to him as a king of Judah. So he called all these, these experts, you know, all these theologians of the, the Old Testament to find where, where it's written in, in Scripture. And of course, like I said before, they found Micah chapter 5, verse 2, and told him what it is. And, uh, and Herod, obviously, is Satan's human agent, cunningly planned to kill Jesus, used the rhetoric, yeah, go to Bethlehem, find it, and make a good, good, good search and research and all that, and when you find him, come back, tell me, because, so that I can, uh, I can go and worship him also, you know. It's amazing how some people can speak the language, but really, really, you don't know what's inside of them. Underneath something was brewing because he is the king. And who is this guy born to be a king? Like I said before, God's will will be done. God's plan, God's purposes will be done with or through man's action or in spite of. No one can thwart what God has planned to do. It was like, when I saw that, I thought, for, for Herod to be able to do that, to thwart God's plan, he had to go back to, back to eternity past to change God's plan. And of course, that's not going to happen. And the next thing is the group of people called the shepherds. Like I said, they were the despised people, the down and outers, untrusted, unworthy. Yet to them, the good news was preached. God manifested his glory. The good news was proclaimed. And I, I, I saw that and I thought, man, as I read that, I thought, isn't that amazing? Jesus, the true shepherd, Revealed himself to the shepherds. <laughs> it's just a good thought. <laughs> the true, true shepherd has chosen to reveal himself to the shepherds, the unwanted people, the lowest caste of the society. The scripture that, 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 that comes to me is Luke chapter 16 verse 15, where even though Jesus said, what men esteem, what men esteem, God despises. He was, Jesus was referring to uh, the re religious people. And uh, so I thought, yeah, in other words, I can take it the other way around. In other words, what men despises, God also esteems. You know, God esteems. And as I look at this whole thing, it's like the sovereignty of God that God is able to work through and, and with all our activities and those who love God and are called according to the purpose, God set it up. He makes sure. It's like you're sitting here. If you love Jesus, if you love the Lord genuinely, you're sitting here. Your path is set. 
Remember Paul said, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. For something. The reason we're here is there's something God wants us to do. For good works, and what did Paul say? That he has prepared beforehand. And here's the thing. Nothing can thwart that. Like I said, the last two years have been the most difficult years for all of us. For me too. Let me be honest with you. You talk, about, you talk about depression, I have to fight depression. But I have to, it's like I have to rule my mind. I have to, like, okay, God, it's not about how I feel. It's about what your purpose is for me. That's going to actually direct what, how I think, how I feel, doesn't matter how I feel, whatever's going on, crazy thing in my head, Lord Jesus. All things work together for good for those who love him. So here's the thing. Can I have the measles? I'm just going to be, you know, there's no need for me to go further, to go and take any more time, but... Like I said, while the world are busy talking about what they believe, even I, it's not about what we believe. What we believe is solved because of whom we have believed. Let me say it again. What you and I believe is solved because of whom we have believed. It is about the person. And that's what the Jews, those theologians of the Old Testament, they missed it because it's not the whom, it's about the scripture. They missed Jesus. But you and I, like Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Beautiful part about this this story of, of Jesus coming is that he's God. God took upon him the human nature, you and I, nature on him, the human nature. So that, according to Peter, chapter 1, so that you and I can partake the divine nature. Isn't that a great exchange? God took upon himself the human nature so you and I can take upon himself, or can take upon ourselves the divine nature. I'm just going to let you guys do whatever you want to do. And uh, Ben's here, my son from L.A. Wow. So, uh, yeah. so uh, my thing is like, come on, let's enjoy when we, we celebrate Christmas. Yeah, it's the festivity, but it's the truth about Christmas that we need to celebrate. He can do it. Whatever, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, with Omicron and all the crazy things going on. Guess what? We know whom we have believed. Amen? Take it away, Ben. And the guys, you guys. You did a great job.